Welcome to Anchor Daily, where we daily engage in God's Word and prayer, reminding each other of the only anchor that truly holds. Hey Bethel, this is Sarah Landon. Thank you for joining me today as we take a look at chapter 6 of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. We're going to talk about sexual immorality today. There, I said it. It's out of the way. Yes, this topic that we often skirt around but is so present in our culture. Paul's talking about it, so we're going to talk about it. Let's put this in perspective first. Paul kind of eases into this topic in verse 9, where he makes it clear that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. He lists as the unrighteous those whose lives are characterized by sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, homosexuality, theft, greed, drunkenness, reviling, or swindling. Sexual immorality certainly isn't the only sin out there that takes us out of God's kingdom inheritance. And let's not ignore what Paul points out in verse 11. Some of us lived this out. This was us. These things are not a death sentence, thanks to the power of Jesus. And thanks to Jesus, we have incredible freedom. Freedom means there are a lot of things we can do, but we need to use God's wisdom to discern whether it's a good idea to do them. When it comes to sexual immorality, it can seem like it's a natural desire, like our stomach desires food. But Paul points out that it's different. Sexuality is this unique confluence of vulnerability and desire. It is so intimate and personal that what happens here goes beyond the physical implications to a moral and spiritual level. It can be abused in so many ways through selfishness, greed for power or control or manipulation. In all these, it is tragic because it's as if a part of one's self is given away. Maybe you learn this the hard way, like me. Now, as a parent in our culture, I'm considering how to help my kids understand as they become teens what is so precious about healthy sexuality without sounding corny, and what is so dangerous about sexual immorality without sounding irrelevant. Especially because they don't even want to have this awkward conversation. They don't even want to talk about sex, let alone with their mom. Am I right? But it's a conversation that needs to be had. This summer, I was talking with a dear non-believing friend whose daughter's in high school, and she's kind of wrestling with all of the challenges of relationships and boys. Even as a non-Christian, she sees the wisdom in preserving sex for a deep commitment with someone. And that's what God created it for, right? It's the beauty of a deep connection and commitment of marriage that begins a healthy family, the place where we pass on who we are to our children, both tangibly and intangibly. It can be a life-giving source of goodness. But the depth of sexuality means that when it's broken or used in immoral ways, it cuts deeper than anything else, and that wound is not easily healed. So maybe you're saying, well, I'm married and faithful to my spouse, so this totally doesn't apply to me. I'm not anywhere near sexual immorality. Maybe that's true, but I would challenge you to humbly ask yourself, do I always approach sex as a way to build up my marriage and my intimacy with my spouse? 
Or is it sometimes a means of manipulation or to satisfy a selfish desire? If we love our spouses with a selfless love, it will be reflected in this area as well. John Piper puts it so well. He says, When we sin sexually, we are not seeking the highest good of others, neither the woman nor the man we sin with, nor the person we fantasize about, nor the person in the pornography, nor the spouse or parent of any of these. It is not Christian love that moves us in any of this. It is simply selfish desire. But Christians are people deeply moved by love for others. Christians love people. They don't use them. Then you layer on top of that the miracle of each of us being a member of Christ's body, the church, that we are united with Him, and what we do affects not only ourselves, but others in the church and Christ Himself. When we are joined in sexual immorality with someone else, that action touches the entire church and even Jesus. This breaks my heart. Especially in this season after Easter, as we have remembered the suffering, rejection, pain, and separation Jesus endured for us to be cleansed and made righteous, may we keep in mind Paul's closing words from this chapter. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, sexual immorality seems so insidious today creeping into our lives through media and culture. Give us eyes to see it and flee from it. Help us articulate its dangers to our children that they may avoid its deep wounds. And Lord, for those who are suffering from its violence and scars, may your precious blood bring healing and redemption in new and powerful ways. In your holy name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen in tomorrow as we continue to encourage one another to be anchored, steadfast, and secure in Jesus. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we'd love to continue to dive into God's Word with you. We'd also like the chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed rest of your day.